Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Flyers Daily, brand new edition for Friday, May 13th. Friday the 13th. I didn't even realize that until I just said it. I like Friday the 13th as a man with the name Jason. So Flyers offseason continues. A few days now removed from the NHL draft lottery. It was determined the Flyers would pick fifth in that draft lottery. They've signed Ivan Fedotov, but still a ton of business to be done this offseason. The coaching search continues, obviously with the name Barry Trotz out there now. That certainly adds another uh, big element to the coaching search. I I wrote these down when I was doing my Stick to Hockey Live show. There are five coaches right now that are Stanley Cup winning coaches, all I think in the top 12 all-time in wins that are available right now. Here are the five coaches. Barry Trotz, he won a cup back in 2017-18 with the Washington Capitals. John Tortorella won the cup back with Tampa Bay. Claude Julian won the cup in 2011 with the Boston Bruins. Joel Quenville won three with the Chicago Blackhawks. And Mike Babcock won a cup as well in Detroit. Those five coaches, you're talking about some high pedigree, big-time names there. Trotz, Tortorella, Julian, Quenville, and Babcock. Now, is Quenville going to get back into the NHL? Is he trying to get back into the NHL and get reinstated? And will that happen? Uh, Mike Babcock, another one of those names, coached at a university in Saskatchewan this past season. Does he want back in the NHL? How about Claude Julian, who's coaching the world's team for Team Canada? John Tortorella, working for ESPN. Word is he does want back in. And Trotz just got let go the other day. Going to have a lot of opportunity. We'll see what he decides to do as well. So those are the five cup-winning coaches that are available. I got five more for you. High-pedigree coaches that have coached in this league recently and had some pretty good success. David Montgomery in Dallas had some good success. uh, Is now an assisting coach with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, David Quinn, who was coaching the Rangers before Gerard Gallant and kind of got mixed up in that John Davidson, that mess there with Panarin and that Tom Wilson situation, and they move on from Jeff Gordon, the whole thing. Uh, but David Quinn's available. Paul Maurice, who, of course, coached the Winnipeg Jets for many years. Uh, Rick Tockett is out there and available, working for TNT right now. And Bruce Boudreaux is another guy that may be avail- may be available, pending if he takes the opt-out in Vancouver, or if that situation uh, doesn't resolve itself, he has an option for another year, but we'll see if Bruce stays in Vancouver for another year. So some big, big names are out there. Now, one of the guys that I had a chance to talk to on Flyers Breakup Day is Cam Atkinson. Of course, played in Columbus all of his career before being traded here to Philadelphia for Jake Voracek. And Cam played for John Tortorella. I actually asked him about John Tortorella in this conversation that we had at breakup day when the Flyers uh, were meeting with the media, meeting with the general manager for their exit interviews. So here's my conversation with Flyers winger Cam Atkinson. Joining us uh, from breakup day, end of the Flyers season, is Flyers winger Cam Atkinson. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How was your first year in Philadelphia? Not the hockey part, just yeah. being here. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I love being here. Um, great setup, obviously. Um, you know, living in New Jersey and, you know, very similar to feel to how I grew up in and the suburb area and, um, you know, just overall great organization. Your wife and kids and everybody assimilated well? Yeah, yeah. Everyone, uh, it, you know, took a little bit to get adjusted to, um, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it went overall pretty smooth. 
how um, how does your body feel? Because you know, basically in the last 471 days, with an 82 game season and 56, 178 games. Now you miss some, but that's a lot of hockey in 15 months. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I I felt overall pretty good, you know, towards the end of the the season. Uh, last you know maybe two months, I was pretty banged up. Um, but obviously, everyone is at that point, just playing through some shit, and <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of snowball effect. I just it, it felt like the before I, I got hurt, you know, the last the, the previous five games, it something else was happening. Whether it was got whacked in the mouth and lost a tooth, or uh, you know, blocked the shot with my you know my foot, and just like every game, there's something that just like oh my god, what, what's just what going on? Yeah. yeah, it's like death by a thousand paper <laughs> yeah, cuts, right? Yeah. Um, how do you kind of deal now that the season's over? How long do you deal with this season? And eventually, you got to park it and you got to move forward. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think uh, it was obviously a crappy year, and uh, you know, I th- I guess I'm proud with the group as far as there was really no finger pointing and stuff like that. But you know, it's definitely a bad feeling, and I, and I hope that going into the summer, everyone um, you know has that feeling of you know when you don't make playoffs, it's it seems like a waste of a season, and when you're out of the playoffs by January, it's it's you know it's it's a waste and um it's uh i hope that guys kind of look in the mirror and and realize that you know we don't want to be in this position again and, and what it's going to take to um you know build that that culture because it's it's hard to build a culture within an organization it's just as easy to lose it when you build it up so um yeah that's where my thought process is it's uh you know it's just just a crappy year and, and i hope guys realize that you know we should be embarrassed and um you know, we have to hold each other accountable during this time and just get better. Well, you have the variable of the next head coach, and it's not—it's out of your control, unless Chuck's going to let you have some control. But, um, but that variable too. You know, how closely will you be following that as you go along? <clears throat> I mean, that's <clears throat> that's definitely a, a topic of conversation. Um, you know, I'm an older guy. Um, you know, I have three years left on my contract and. Hopefully continue to play after that, but who knows? And I want to win, yeah. and you know that's that's uh, definitely a question and um, not a concern. But that's uh, I feel like us players should uh, know what kind of the direction that we're going in, and to an extent, obviously, you know, it's above our pay grade. But um, yeah, that's I think that's the first question that uh, should be asked. I imagine a few of the your teammates now asked you about Tortorella because you played for him, <laughs> you know. So that's one of the guys' names. There's a lot of big names out there, but it doesn't need to be a big name. It needs just to be the right guy, doesn't it? Listen, I I, uh, I love and appreciate everything that Yosi has done. And he's done a hell of a job given the circumstances and yeah. you know the cards that were dealt to him. And uh, we could very well see him again next year. Yep. Uh, I think he definitely deserves an opportunity. To, he's a good to, communicator with players. To stay here, you know, I think he deserves to to stay here and be with this this organization. Um, I, I'm not going to get into what I think and all that stuff, uh, you know, but I, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what, what happens. Mike is a really good communicator with players, and it's important for players to know at all times where they stand. Can't be wondering that, can you? No, it's, and, and that's what he's been really good at is, uh, you know, it's, he has that open-door policy, and, and it, uh, he makes it uh, easy to, to – he's very approachable. Mm-hmm. To have a conversation about hockey or you know family, whatever it is, um, he gets it, and um, 
I love playing for him this year. Um, he put me in every situation and, you know, put a letter on my sweat, you know, sweater. And, uh, you know, I was a leader for him. And as a player, that's all you can really ask for. And it's a lot uh, of faith. Yeah. And, uh, and vice versa, you know, I, I respect him and everything he's done for me and he's helped me and just kind of having that, uh, that open dialogue with him has been really good. Last thing. What do you do for fun this summer? Where are, you, where are you going with the family? Yeah. What, what's the plan? Uh, we're going to head back to Columbus, middle of May. Uh, I bought my house back, believe it or not. So we're, <laughs> we're excited to get back there. But uh, this Friday coming up, my family and the Scotty Hartnell's family, we rented a house and, and uh, on the shore to uh-huh. get away for a week and with the kids. Um, I'm not sure what weather is going to be like, but uh, anytime we uh, get the family together, it's always uh, memorable and fun. Good, good to be with a guy you played with. Good for the wives who get along very well, and good for the kids as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. That's a perfect situation. Cam, thanks for doing this. Best of luck this summer, and uh, we'll talk in the fall. Yeah, thank you, bud. You know, Cam mentions there that he was really banged up at the end of the year. And every hockey player, when you go through 82 games or however many you play, is going to get banged up. But I imagine when you're just playing out the string and you're not going to the playoffs, like – you can be banged up and you make that sacrifice to get into the tournament, into the playoffs for a chance to play for Lord Stanley's Cup. But when you're not going, I imagine that's pretty difficult because the body still takes pretty much an equal beating throughout that. Uh, but Cam Atkinson, uh, great to join us on this episode of Flyers Daily. And one of the guys that with the sideways season, I feel like we didn't get to experience his personality properly. If, the, if he's here during a season that's going really well, I think then we'll really get to enjoy uh, Cam's other attributes off the ice a little bit more. But when there was so much losing this year, it's kind of hard for those things to have a, shot, a spotlight uh, shined on them. So hopefully that'll be the case next year. Uh, but we appreciate Cam joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Now, in this episode, I wanted to take a few questions as well. We've obviously had some things take place over the last couple of weeks. The draft lottery's in the book, and uh, there's some other things uh, that are on Flyer fans' mind. Obviously, Barry Trotz and the coaching situation. So I put out a solicitation on Twitter. Flyers Twitter has responded. Now, let's get to a few of the questions. Let's talk about Evan Daniels, our first guy to tweet in, at Dave46745. He says, how exactly is it possible to improve the roster enough that it's a legitimate cup contender, not a, quote, get in, cross your fingers, and pray, end quote, 90% likely first-round exit? Well, I mean, I think in the Stanley Cup playoffs, first of all, you obviously have to make the tournament. You have to be one of the top eight teams in your conference. So getting in, and in the NHL, getting in makes you a contender in some ways. Well, Nashville wasn't this year. They were banged up, didn't have their goaltender in UC Soros, and they were facing a juggernaut team in the Colorado Avalanche, and they got swept out. If Soros is healthy, perhaps, you know, it's not quite as lopsided, although Nashville wasn't going to get by Colorado anyway. But we've seen teams as good as Colorado or better get bounced in the first round. Uh, Three years ago, the Tampa Bay Lightning had 128 regular season points. They got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round. We saw the Washington Capitals win President's Trophies and get swept out, not swept out, but knocked out in the first round. So cup contender, I guess, is for the elite two or three teams in each conference. Now, any team that gets into the playoffs can win a cup. But the elite teams, so you look in the Eastern Conference right now, you look at a team like Florida, you look at a team like Carolina. Those two teams 
to me, are the cream of the crop. And Tampa Bay or Toronto, whoever gets out of that first-round series. When you're hearing this, you're probably going to know if Toronto was able to eliminate them last night. But, you know, those are the, the legit cup contender teams. In the Western Conference, obviously Colorado is one of those teams. I look at Calgary as one of those teams. I don't look at Edmonton as one of those teams. I don't look at L.A. as one of those teams. I don't look at Minnesota as one of those teams. Maybe St. Louis. There's some good teams, but and St. Louis could go on a run, but the legit cup contenders, and what you're alluding to, you know, how exactly, to answer your question, Evan, is it possible to improve the roster enough that it's a legitimate cup contender for years is, I mean, look, you need that star player. You need more talent. But in hockey, it's not just about the star. It's about a well-balanced team. You got to have some luck. You got to have some health, you know, good health and good fortune in that regard. You got to get good goaltending. So there's a lot that goes into it. It seems like right now the Flyers are light years away. I understand. Um, They do have to make a lot of changes and they need to improve and they need high-end talent and they need depth. They need more physicality. They need more skill. They need more speed. That's a lot of needs. So um, how exactly is it possible? You got to just not act out of desperation, have a plan, execute the plan. Don't try and make this earth-shattering move that is going to hurt you in other areas. You got to be very precise and act with a lot of precision. Jay Sasquala tweets in. He says, how many new faces will we see next season? He said, my over-under of new guys on the roster for 2022-23. How many? What is the over-under? Rolling Thunder replied to him and said five. Well, I mean, I'm not sure how you calculate new guys. Would Noah Cates be considered a new guy or Bobby Brink considered a new guy? Would Igor Zamula be considered a new guy? Cam York's not considered a new guy. It depends on, you know, what they're able to accomplish this summer. But I, I think it's probably around four to six is basically where I think it's gonna, the number is going to fall. Um, so, depending who they are, what they can bring, and how they fit in here, and who the coaches is, coach is, the coaching staff, and what they're able to get out of them, I think is what matters most. Not necessarily just the number. So, we'll see uh, how much turnover there is in the roster. There was a lot of turnover last year, and big turnover. No Shane Gossespair, no Jake Voracek, some big, you know, some big faces um, we're no longer here for last season. Now Drew's not here, so he's not coming back. That's part of it as well. Uh, South of Kevin tweets in, kind of like South of Heaven from Slayer. Good job, dude. He said, we know the team needs, quote, top-end talent, but what positions do you think need the most immediate attention? This is a really tough question to answer because defense, you know, but that's, that's all depending on the availability of Ryan Ellis. If Ryan Ellis is available, then you have a top pair of Ellis and Provorov. Your second pair is Sanheim and Ristolainen. Your third pair is a right-side veteran guy, probably with Cam York. So that's not a huge need for a third-pairing right-side guy to play with Cam York on a third pair. And Cam York will be a power play specialist as well. But, uh, you know, what are the positions that I think need the most immediate attention? You know, D always needs attention. They could use a depth player there. Uh, but they need they – need, a game breaker up front. They may need another center. They may need some guys on the left side. They have a glut of, of right wingers. So, but you know, can you depend on the health of Wade Allison? Can you depend on the health of Tanner Lisinski? Can you depend on the health of, of some other players? 
Sean Couturier is coming back from back surgery. So, um, you know, is, is Tyson Forster a guy that's going to push for a spot? Does Brink make the team out of camp? I think Noah Cates definitely does. So there's a lot of questions. Uh, so I, I don't know that I can put, you know, the area that needs the most immediate attention. Everywhere needs attention with this team. After the last two season that, seasons that they've had, offensively, defensively, special teams, everywhere needs attention. Uh, Marty Martinez tweets in and says, do you think the Flyers will hire a coach before the draft? I do. Uh, the draft is not until July 7th. Uh, so I absolutely think it's before the draft and well before the draft. It just makes more sense to have a coach in place at the draft. And I think you're getting, I mean, I gave you all the names in the beginning. I gave you 10 guys and, and five guys that have won cups. It's musical chairs, but you don't want to be the team left with, you know, not many options left after all the the good picks were taken and then you're settling. So, no, I think they're going to be aggressive in that regard, and I think they will hire a coach before the draft. Let's get two more here on the coach. Bob tweets in. He says, do you think the Flyers will fall short of hiring a great coach and be completely stuck with a bad contracts and be more of the same as this past year? Um, Do I think the Flyers will fall short of hiring a great coach? I mean, there's a lot of really good coaches available, but you got to identify the right guy. Just because a guy's been successful and has got – you know, tons of wins in his NHL coaching career or has won a Stanley Cup, doesn't mean he's the right guy. Out of all those names I mentioned, Trotz, Tortorella, Julian, Quenville, Babcock, Montgomery, Quinn, Maurice, Tockett, and Boudreaux, maybe the, the guy that makes the most sense is Jim Montgomery. That could be the guy that's the right guy. You know, just because you have success in one place doesn't guarantee success somewhere else. It seems more likely if you hire a guy that has had success versus a guy that has a, has not. But Jim Montgomery had success in Dallas. His personal life kind of went off the rails. He had to face his demons. He did that. Now he's an assistant coach in St. Louis with Craig Berube. He's going to get another chance. Is he the right guy? He could be the right guy. Uh, but I don't know that I, I expect them to fall short of hiring a great coach. You also got to have the pieces. You got to have the horses as well. Daniel Myers tweets in and says, regarding the coach as well, says, Jason, how can we have zero info on the coaching search at this point? Interviews, etc." Then he said, hashtag much respect and thanks. Well, thank you. Um, we're not hearing much on it right now. I think this is that period where teams are getting, you know, all of their ducks in a row and permission to speak with guys. I think next week we're going to start hearing about specific names talking to specific teams. And a lot of this, again, this is like free agency or trade deadline. You have to consider that the names that are out there and what's being said, that any information that gets out there has an agenda. A lot of times it's the coach's agents getting their name out there. So-and-so is interested in this guy. They're trying to drive up the price. They're trying to drive a competitive market for their client. So um, consider that. But I think we'll start to hear some stuff next week. At Pigsticking2 tweets in, it says, Dreisaitl and Cassian for Provorov connecting a fifth overall. How much more would the Flyers have to add? Even the money, even money in and out. Well, I mean, you're talking about Dreisaitl. I, I don't know how much else you would have to add. I don't know that that's what Edmonton's looking for. But, I mean, Dreisaitl's a dynamic talent. That team has under-delivered with great talent. Um, they're lopsided. They're not built properly. They don't have the goaltending. So 
I, I don't know. I don't know what the price would be for Dreisaitl. I don't think it's a, something that we'll really, uh, know, well, re- really find out. I think he's staying right where he is. All right, last one. Let's get to cleared but not out. And he says, with the strength of the division and conference overall, are you more in favor of a slow build with youth around the current core or a more aggressive approach targeting maybe a Goudreau or Kadri and adding vets via trade like Atkinson Ellis deals last offseason or a little of both? Well, I think I'm more in the, the camp of I'm not on one extreme or the other. I'm not tear it down. I, I, you can't tear it down. With the contracts they have to players like Aturier, like Atkinson, like Ellis, like Hayes, you can't tear it down. It's just not possible. Those contracts, you cannot move in, in a way to get value to be able to tear it down, number one. Uh, and I'm not on the, uh, on the other side in the hyper-aggressive, on-steroids rebuild. You know, it's got to be done in one offseason. I think it's a two- to three-year process. I think it's going into this year and this offseason, you try and get better, not just for this year, but for long-term. You, got, you get guys or you make moves where it's not, you're not acquiring a 32-year-old player. You're doing something that's going to benefit you for five, seven years. Players in that 24, 25 to 29-year-old range. Those are the kind of guys that you're looking for. As far as Goudreau and Kadri, I don't think they have the money right now for either of those guys unless they're able to shed some cap, you know, find somebody to take JVR salary, then they could get into that conversation. But, you know, both of those guys are coming off their best season in the NHL and they're free, unrestricted free agents. Now, UFAs always get overpaid. When you're coming off a year like both of those players had, they're going to get massively overpaid. So I'd be real careful with that, uh, with both of those guys. Kadri, to me, he's already 30, 32, maybe 33 years old. That's one that I probably stay away from because I don't think that he'll age particularly well into his mid-30s. And again, he's going to get a lot of money. And I already have some age um, up the middle with Hayes and with Couturier. So that's probably not where I'm going to go. Goudreau, I mean, I don't know that he wants to come here. I know he said he wants to play for the Flyers before his career is over. I don't know. But he's going to get paid a ton of money as well. He had a monster year. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this edition of Flyers Daily. Everybody, have a great weekend. We'll come back on Monday. We'll have another brand new episode, Mondays with Meltzer. So join us then on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily.